Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. All right, everybody. Thank you for coming in for another episode of When Go Speak. And Marianne, you've, you've got a treat for us. Well, this one's a little odd. Of course, if you think about it, all of them are a little odd. So when I had a real life, and that was before the phrase Ghostbusters started in 1984, there were all kinds of things that I had time to do with family and friends which have disappeared. I don't have that time anymore. But one of the outings that we would do as a family is we show dogs in confirmation. And that is how and why we started a grooming business. We had dogs that had to be uh, groomed, really groomed for the show. And if I was doing my own dogs, I figured I may as well do everybody else's. So we were going, uh, we were in Michigan at a dog show. And in the grooming area, we met a lady who showed poodles, toy, um, minis, as a matter of fact, and they were all black. Now, poodles come in a lot of different but hers were just the little black minis. And she, she just was grooming them and getting hers ready for the show, too. And her name was Marsha. And her two children, and or she had two girls, and I have two girls, and they were about the same age. So they would hang out together while our, the moms were busy taking the dogs, getting them ready. And we became friends. And we would meet up at dog shows. We would call each other to see if that's the one we were going to be seeing each other at and that type of thing. After a couple of years, the breeder of one of our do uh, show dogs was at the same show that I was at where Marsha was at. And Marsha's table, grooming table and mine were fairly close. so We didn't have to yell at one another. And so she was there working on her poodle and um, the breeder of the one dog that we had walked up to me and she says, I heard you on the radio this week. And I have to laugh thinking back, it must have been October because that's always when I'm on the radio. And I looked at her name was Ann and I looked at her and I thought, oh, no. I hope Marcia didn't hear that because Marcia had no idea what I did. I don't tell people. I, it's because then they look at me really weird. Um, but of course she did. She heard her ask. And then this question started and they kept on coming. So fast forward two years, Marcia called me to see if we were going to a dog show in her state. I said, yes. She said, I have a favor to ask you. I said, she said, I moved four months ago and this house is perfect for the kids and the dogs. I love it, but I think we've got a problem here. Marcia is calling me from her house now. And yes, there is a woman, an earthbound spirit in her house. I can see her in her kitchen. And I thought maybe she was like maybe 55 or 60 years old. And I never said anything. I just said, why? What's going on? 
And Marcia said this house was built in the 60s, four bedrooms, ranch, two full baths, a basement. We had some renovations done before we moved in. She said the master is in the back of the house. And we had an outside door put in the master bedroom. And I have to tell you, I'm thinking to myself, why would somebody do that? But she said, well, she says the whole backyard is fenced in. And what we did, we turned it into a grooming room. The dogs have their crates in there. They I, they come out of the crates. They just open the, I open the door and they go right out into the fenced yard. They don't have to run through the house. She says it was just really, really perfect for, you know, the six dogs. They love it. And I said, are you in the city? She goes, yeah. And I said, how many dogs are you allowed to have? And she said, well, we're only allowed three. And she says, but I only let three out at the same time. And they're all black. So people can't tell the difference. I thought, oh, that's pretty smart. And so the whole time I'm talking to her, the ghost is making faces. I mean, I mean, crossing her eyes, sticking her tongue out, squiggling up her nose. Uh, and when Marcia says anything about the dogs, she puts her hand literally over her ears. She does not want to hear anything about the dogs. And I'm thinking, why are you even staying in this house, you stupid lady? So I said, you know, and she said, I've also been a little sick. She says, I haven't felt good. She says, I've had some bad headaches and I'm sleeping, but I'm always tired. The girls are getting so mean to each other. The older ones, asthma has gotten worse. We made sure the reno was done, that we cleaned really good because of her asthma. And the girls also said that when they got up in the middle of the night a couple of different times, that they thought they saw a lady in the hallway. And for, from the back, they thought it was me. And I said, okay. So I asked Marsha, I says, is it a long hallway with four or five doors? She said, yeah. And I says, and that hallway goes right into the living room. She said, right. And she says, there's another thing that's really, really weird. She says, after the dogs do their business outside, they're allowed in the house with us, of course. And she says, so I open the door to the hallway and they come ripping down the hallway to the living room. And then they go back and they start digging on the carpet. They're scratching on it. They're digging on it. She says, I, I don't know what's wrong with them, why they're doing that. She says, there's nothing there. They had the carpet freshly cleaned before I bought the place, she said. And I kept thinking, well, maybe something spilled there. I've cleaned that area a couple times. She says, I cannot, I don't know what they're doing. And she said, you know, she says the carpet was actually only about three or four years old. It's a beautiful color. She says, I didn't want to change it. She said, I don't know what to do. And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, we're coming in on, on Friday morning. This was a specialty in our breed 
was the only breed that was being shown on Friday. And we had young dogs, so I knew they wouldn't get up to the final. They wouldn't have, we wouldn't be there that long. And I said, can I step over on Friday? She says, yeah, I'll just be getting the dogs ready. And I said, fine. So I stopped at her house after we left the dog show and my girls and her girls went outside to play and Ted did his thing. He just sat in the living room. Actually, he was playing with her dogs. And she said, you know, she said, now, why didn't they scratch at the carpet then when they came down the hall to see Ted? I said, I don't know. And then after the greeting was done, then they ran back to the hall and they were, they were digging. You could hear them scratching at the carpet. And I said, okay. I said, first of all, Marsha, I said, there's definitely a lady here. And I said, I looked at the ghost and I said, who are you? She says, I'm Mrs. Jones. And I've been here a long time, and this is my house. I thought, okay, so it's a previous owner. I said, okay. And she says, and I have to tell you, she says, I don't appreciate the animals running around in my house. She says, but she says, her animals are really a lot smarter than her. I said, why? What does that mean? She said, you'll see. And I thought, all right. And she said, the dogs are trying to tell her something and she's not paying attention. I said, and I made a joke. I said, what are there, worms under the carpet or something that they're digging at? And she said, there's no worms in my house. I said, all right. So I said, I looked at Marsha and I said, Marsha, I said, do you know who you bought this house from? She said, actually, she says, it was from the bank. It was an estate sale. They had had it for a while. And she says, and actually what happened is that it was vacant and taxes weren't paid on it. And so, I don't know, the county, the city, somebody said it had to go up and the bank took it over. She says, and I bought it, she says, and I got it for a really good price. And I said, did you try to find out who ever lived here before? She said, well, I talked to a couple of the neighbors and nobody's lived here very long. And nobody seems to know anything about it except that the house was vacant for a long time. As a matter of fact, the city is the one that would come over and keep cutting the grass and stuff because they, you know, it would look terrible if they didn't. And I said, people aren't neighborly anymore. I says, but usually if you can find the oldest neighbor on the street, they can tell you all kinds of things. And she said, yeah, but I looked, I couldn't find anybody. I said, all right. And I said, Mrs. Jones, I said, how did you die? And she just looked away. She didn't say anything. And then she said, well, she said, I had a stroke. I said, all right. And she said, and I died about a week later after I had the stroke. And it was hard. 
And she says, but I counted the nights to know how long before I died. That made absolutely no sense to me. I says, I don't understand what you're telling me. She said, I had the stroke here in the house. I said, all right. She said, right there in that hallway. I said, all right. I said, where the dogs are digging? She said, yes. And I said, all right. And I said, you didn't die in a hospital, a nursing home, something? She said, nope, here in the house I died. I said, okay. She said, I had a bad headache, got dizzy, fell on the floor, and I couldn't move. Well, I could move a little on my right side, she said, but that stopped. I screamed, but nobody heard me. She says, and of course, she says, I'm screaming, and I know in my mind I'm screaming, but I really don't know if anybody heard me or not. I said, all right. I said, relatives? Nobody called? Nobody calls you? Calls you on a, says, no, she says, I am single. She said, I wasn't married very long, never kids. She says, I'm the only one left. There's nobody. And now I'm starting to get a pretty creepy feeling. I'm thinking, this does this, this is wrong. And I said, Mrs. Jones, where did you exactly die at? She said, right there in that hallway where the dogs are digging. I said, okay. I said, did you get a newspaper delivered or mail delivered? She says, no, I, ne I never got a newspaper. She's a waste of money. She says, and as far as my, the, the, my mail, she said, I just had a post office box. She said, I, I didn't have mail delivered to the house. And so that would make sense to me why the paper people didn't say papers are piling up or the mailman didn't say the mail's piling up. In other words, there was nobody to notice that she wasn't around. And I said, you know, she said, I was never a friendly person to begin with. She says, and I really didn't get along with the neighbors, so nobody would know anything about me. And I asked her, when did you die? She said, I don't know for sure, but I know somebody finally broke down the door when the city took over the house because of taxes. And she said, you know, she said, it was really amazing. She says, I was really sad for a long time. She says, but watching my body decay and rot was really something. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this lady's nuts. And I said, it, she said, it was almost two years, I think, before somebody found me. That woman laid there for two years on that carpet and nobody knew she was there. I asked Marsha, I says, when you bought this house, did they tell you someone had died in the house? She said, no. And she said, I thought about it because being an estate sale. And I says, yeah, but it really wasn't an estate sale. It was a city sale. She said, yeah. She says, but I figured estate sale, somebody probably died. Now, I don't know 
in every state, but I know in Ohio that it's a law that the real estate agent has to tell you if somebody died violently in a house. And they have to disclose that. Now, I don't know if that's changed or not, but it used to be like that anyhow. And I don't know what other states follow that rule. But again, if this she wasn't murdered, she just died and fell and laid there. I said, I hope um, if I make the white light, will you go to it? She said, nah. She says, I don't think so. She said, I, I think I'm just going to stick around here. She says, after all, she said, I've been in this house for so long, alive and dead. Why would I bother to go to the light? And I said, isn't there anybody at all that you would like to see in the light? I says, didn't you even see anybody in the white light? She said, yeah. She said, I saw my grandfather, my father's father. She said, and you know, actually, he's the only one that I really liked. He was the one that knew that I was different and that I, I, I wasn't a people person. And I said, okay. And I says, don't you think you would like to go see him? And I said, Marsha's not leaving. The dogs aren't going anywhere. I said, and I got a feeling that after she figures out why the dogs are doing this, she will have no problem staying here after that. And she said, well, let me think about it. And so Marcia and I talked for a while and she listened and she finally said, I love it. These old, and she was not 55 or 60. She was closer to 75. She looked good though. And she said, she goes, girly, go ahead and make that light. I'll go to the white light. And I said, okay. And so she did. She walked into the light and she was gone. About two weeks later, Marcia called and told me she decided to take out the carpet in the hallway. She got the carpet rolled up and the padding was stained from Mrs. Jones' body laying there. She said, and it was pretty gross. She said she had to get a... Um, like a screwdriver or a scraper because the pad had sort of stuck onto the floor and she couldn't get it off. So she was scraping it and everything. And she said, however, when she got all that up, she said, her body is still on my floor. I said, what? She said, her body is still on the floor. You can see it. She says, I took a picture of it. I'm mailing it to you. I said, okay. And she did. And yes, and I will show you that in a few minutes. She called me about two weeks after that. She said, Marianne, she says, I wish that Mrs. Jones had told you everything. I said, what? Why? I don't understand. What, what did you find? She said, I was in the basement and doing laundry and the overhead neon light burned out. And I got out the stepladder to take out the burn light and I glanced up at the ceiling. It's not a finished basement. You can see the floorboards. And I noticed that between the cracks of the floor, there was sort of this thick, gooey, 
stuff that looked like it was dripping and wet, and, but it was dried. I said, oh, no. She said, yeah, she went right through through the basement. I went, oh, my gosh. I says, I can't believe that. Seriously, I can't believe that the city didn't do something about that. But she could never get that stain out of the floor. She ended up getting new carpet and recarpeting everything. And here is your picture. That dark spot right there in the middle, that's where she decayed and rotted. She was there on that floor for over two years before somebody found her. So it's a little sad that somebody could get lost in everyday life and nobody know that they're missing. So maybe it's sort of important to at least have one good friend so they can keep track of you. Yeah, that that's so sad. It um, is. I mean, like not even a mailman or a newspaper boy to be like, or girl, you know, like these are really piling up, like something's going on. And she said, the Mrs. Jones had said, maybe it was, she didn't know for sure. She knew that two Christmases had gone by and that all of a sudden there was no heat in the house anymore. There was no electric or no water. So apparently none of the bills got paid. So everybody shut off everything. So that house was totally dark and vacant. You talk about a spooky house on the street. I wonder how many people lived around her, found out she died in that house. And how many of them thought, gosh, I wish I had knocked on the door. I wish I had done something. Yeah, well, you know all the neighborhood kids now, like, that is the most creepiest, spookiest house now. Of know? course, of course. <laughs> and actually, her girls, well, they're grown now, but the girls actually thought it was really a lot of fun to live in the spookiest house on the street. So they actually did do that. She said that we started having some really good Halloween parties. I said, Marsha, that's disgusting. I said, I don't think right. Like how many friends coming over to come stand in the spot? Right. Yeah. Right here. Oh, I feel the vibes, you know, <laughs> right, right. instead of like Bloody Mary, it's, it's you know, the body of all way at you now. I know. I know. It was like crazy. It was like, no, 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 no. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, yeah, I, I would like to say this this ended in the happy ending for hanging in there and listening. But well, I guess it is right because she went into the light. After she all. went into the light. And she she I mean, you know, she actually had a pretty good disposition about the whole thing. I mean, nobody ever goes to a funeral home and watches their body be prepared for a viewing. But she actually sat there day by day and watched herself melt away. And she I, I think she took it pretty well considering <laughs> i mean if she's got the the more scientific mindset of like oh okay that goes first and this goes first right <laughs> right the bones are still there but nothing's left on them great <laughs> I'm, I'm around long enough to make sure like they're not putting me in anything brightly colored <laughs> that's not what i wear don't you dare put me in it um, i will kick that casket over <laughs> right well thanks for listening everybody uh, make sure you catch our next episodes they release every Wednesday morning just in time for your work drive-in or your school drive-in 
Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into When Go Speak. Remember, no part of the podcast can be used, shared, or rebroadcast without the written consent of Marianne Winkowski and Melissa Wiles. Join us again soon. Goodbye.